Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Make a memory of a lifetime with Shark Eye Outdoors out of Longboat Key, Florida. Experience their shark beach fishing, kayak tours, and fossil hunting. Go to SharkGuyOutdoors.com and schedule an outing now. Forest Bluff Real Estate Group serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and Michelle Parnell get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealEstate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Their cannabis cultivation center owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich. They focus on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process, Iliad Epic Grow. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest's own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. Paul Hammond, candidate for Lake Forest Mayor, April 4th, 2023. He's a lifetime resident of Lake Forest, licensed professional engineer in Illinois, registered energy professional in Chicago, Purdue electrical engineering graduate, BSEE 1979, commodity trader for over 40 years. He's running on the issues of stopping the plastic grass in Lake Forest parks. Because every 10 years, the plastic field needs to be replaced because of deterioration and wear. Email paul.hammond.pe at gmail.com. We'd also like to say that we're thankful for our patron supporters, Reverend Luke Back from the Church of the Holy Spirit, Matt A, Elizabeth C, Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C, Dan Rogers, and Mike Adelman. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broad Stop in Kenosha, Captain Mike's Kenosha, Greentown Tavern in Waukegan, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan. Jeremy Cruz, welcome to Lake Forest Podcast. Thank you for coming on. Gorton Center. How long How long have you been there teaching acting? Well, I started full-time as the artistic director of Gorton Drama Studio on January 1st of 2023. And I started teaching about two years ago, uh, the summer of 2020. And I taught uh, a couple of camps uh, in 2017. And you're an LA guy. You're uh, they, they fly in specialists said, oh man, we got to we got to bring uh, Jeremy Cruz acting training.com uh, into Lake Forest. How, how'd we find you? Well, I grew up in the area. I have lived in New York, LA, and I lived uh, in uh, Chicago downtown for uh, about 10 years at one point. My wife and daughter, I have a seven-year-old daughter. We have a seven-year-old daughter. Uh, we were living in Brooklyn and the pandemic hit. Yep. And we said, we got to get out of here. We got to go. And my parents live in Lake Forest. So we went and lived with them for a while and decided that we were going to stay. This class, is this one of those classes when uh, when I look at my mailbox and I get the activities list from the Gorton Center, I flip through the pages. Is this one of the things that I find or is this something that's on the website? Like, how, how do I find out about this before I forget to ask? Well, yeah, it's on the website and it's included in all the flyers that we do. Okay. Yep. 
Uh, and we have classes running uh, currently, and we have classes for all ages from two and a half to a uh, class for uh, boomers. Now, for, I, I'm a big fan of uh, acting class because I'm trying to act like I'm a podcast host, but my kid growing up, he's all grown up now, but you know, in those awkward years when you're, when you're lacking confidence and, you know, standing in front of a group of people, learning some lines and going on a stage. I mean, that is definitely a mental marathon. I think it's a great, I, I vouch for whatever it is. It's at the high school or whatever school do something where you have to go on stage in front of people uh, for, for confidence. It really helps out. It, have you heard those stories from other parents, uh, Jeremy? Absolutely, yeah. Depending upon the experience level of the student, uh, if it's a beginner, he or she will learn techniques related to being in the moment, breathing. The student goes through the process of preparing for the performance, experiences the rush and exhilaration of being in front of an audience, creating a character, gets that self-satisfaction. It's also like teamwork. Like you get a cast together, you put on a show and, uh, you know, you get together and it's like, hey, we did it. So if you don't play sports, you know, you don't do music. You This is another alternative where you can get the camaraderie going on. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. You become really good friends with the people in your class, with the people in your cast. There are people that my some of my best friends are the people that I've met through my theater and film experiences. And and these kids, uh, I have a group of six kids in my class for ages five to eight, and they've been together since the fall of 2021. And they're this little tight group and uh, they're 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 acting buddies. And, and uh, it's a special it's a special bond that you that you create when you go through uh the experience and then as you get older i'm just spitballing here um what i've sent some of the people i used to work with to help get them better presentation skills because you know when you ask for money you have to be confident because if you don't feel like it's worth it it's going to show on your face do you learn like ad-libbing skills like i sent some uh people to second city to go go through the you know the ad-libbing so you can think on your feet is that something that you can uh, learn with acting as well we think about stage presence. Having good stage presence mean that means that you are centered. You are not shifting your weight. You're not rocking back and forth. Right. You are planted. You're grounded. Your shoulders are stacked above your hips, and your hips are stacked above your your toes. You look good. And you also have a uh, vocal presence. You're breathing, you're using diaphragmatic breath, which is something that I teach all of my actors so that you're getting good resonance in your voice. You're able to take on whatever vocal demands are made in the specific venue that you are in, whether it's a big, gigantic room or a small room. As far as professional the professional world goes i work with with uh business people i have a student who comes to me every saturday right now she uh she is a lake forest resident and she's uh, an executive and she wanted some tips on how to have better camera presence uh and we talked a lot about the things that that i just said and also 
basically creating a character when when you go in to to pitch an idea to a group or you're uh, updating your board of directors on uh, on your progress or you're meeting with your team and you're not feeling it you're not you'd, you'd mm-hmm. rather be somewhere else well, how do you do that? Well, you can use acting skills. So if if Al Pacino is playing uh, the Godfather, uh, he gets into character. He he thinks about who am I, where am I, what do I want, what is going on with me. He gets into character, tries to uh, achieve his his goal, and and a business person can do the same thing. Especially salespeople, right? You know, unfortunately, you have to go door to door, or you have. If you're on a team that has to acquire new customers, you have to meet people for the first time. People judge you in what? Not even 30 seconds. So the presence that you have, right? And then knowing what you have to say, because salespeople, they say, oh, I don't want to learn a script. I don't want to sound robotic. Well, if you don't rehearse what you're going to say, you're going to sound like crap anyways, right? Yeah. I mean, it, for a salesperson, it's it goes deeper than relaying information. Clients that I've had before, students that I've had that are in sales, what I advise is to think about what effect you want to have on the other person. Think about what you want from the other person. When you're pitching a service or a product, you're not doing it to make money. You're not doing, I mean, you are, but 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 what you're trying to do is you're trying to help the person. You're trying to enhance the person's life in some way. If you operate from that point of view, from that uh, level, then it, it helps in, in staying authentic. I mean, I think the point is to be authentic and to be sincere. We all need to make money. We all need to to make sales and, and do all of these things in order to, to live. It seems to be most effective when it's coming from an authentic place. And then getting back to the kids, these dumb phones, you know, the eye contact is lacking. The electronics almost become like an analgesic dealing with anxiousness, looking at something new and foreign. They'll just look on what they know, you know, which is the phone. This acting can help break that routine. Uh, Do you find it a problem with the kids coming in? You know, hey, phones, leave them in the car or or how how do you deal with that? It depends on the age. I haven't had a real issue lately. I, you know, when phones first came out, when when the smartphones first came out, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, iPhone somewhere on there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and and for about about ten years after that, you couldn't get a kid to get off the phone. I mean, I I had to resort to. I'd have a box at the at the door, and the kid. I'd say you have to put your phone in the box. Otherwise, they were sneaking the phone. They had the phone in their pocket. They'd be literally on stage doing a scene, ding, and checking checking their phone. I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> and there were battles. Oh, there were so many battles about phones, and people were so mad when they get their phone taken away. I really feel like it's changed. I feel like I don't have to have that conversation anymore. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because kids are now so used to being told, okay, put the phone down. You have to put the phone down. And they just say, okay, fine. Or they're so used to the phone that it's really not that big of a deal anymore. Right. But definitely eye contact is a big thing. Eye contact is a big thing uh, for every age. And it's a it's something at the beginning that I am... Um, I'm coaching on uh, make eye contact. Now let's let's do that moment again and make eye contact. So, what are the different age ranges? 
again, I'm just kind of guessing here. It's like, why would I want to use Jeremy? All right, my kid, I got to get my kid to go out and do something. There's a play at the high school. I would like him to, you know, get some confidence to go try out for it. Is it like 12, 13 years old? Uh, is it the uh, grade school plays? Like, what are the different age? We talked about the adults, but what about the kids? Where do you see the sweet spots that you can get these kids in a good head start to to learn from you? As I mentioned before, I, I have classes for, for all ages. So we have a class on Fridays for ages two and a half to four. I don't teach that. A teacher that I hired, Madison Kist, uh, she's a fantastic teacher. She uh, she leads that group. On Tuesdays, I have a class for five to eight-year-olds. That's a great place to start. If you have a child who is uh, like mine, constantly in a make-believe world, uh, imagining that she's an animal, uh, a squirrel. Uh, my child, I think she is a squirrel. They're constantly playing games. This is a great place to go to... Take that imagination, take that energy and use it to create characters, to create imaginary realities. Because that's that's what we're doing when we're acting. We are creating imaginary realities. So to go back to uh, The Godfather, uh, Al Pacino had to create the reality that he did not want to be part of the family business but he was being sucked in so that he could save the family. Yes. Once they, <laughs> once I think I'm out, they pull me back in. That's what we're doing is, is we have a, a bunch of exercises and games that help uh, kids create imaginary realities. So the other class, the next classes that I have are uh, ages nine to 13. That's on Wednesday nights. And um, we do acting exercises uh, I went through the Second City program, so we do a lot of improvisation uh, games and exercises. I teach them. That's when I start to teach method acting, um, and we can talk about that in yeah. a little bit. If you... And then I have a class for teens, and I have a class for adults on Tuesday afternoons. I have the, the class for teens is on Saturdays. And, you know, every group is a little different. Every age group is definitely different, but every session seems to be a little bit different. And it always has been because there'll be, sometimes there'll be more beginners and sometimes there'll be people who have been doing it for longer. And that's acting class is cool in that way because you could always learn something from somebody at a different experience level. Uh, being experienced, you can look back and say, oh, I remember when I struggled with with voice projection, just a simple thing like that. Or I remember when I was having, uh, when it didn't make sense to me what it meant to explore a character's objective. Uh, and I had trouble finding the right objective. So I, the sweet spot, your original question was the sweet spot. I don't know that there is a sweet spot. You know, some people, I have a guy actually yesterday, he, I don't know how old he is, maybe 65 or so. He saw, uh, he lives in Libertyville. He saw my class and um, he said, I've never taken an acting class. I always wanted to do it. I don't know why I never did it. Here I am. You brought up method acting and 
you had this uh, when the technology changed you had uh the silent films you had one way of acting there then you then you started talking is that when method acting came in T- talked about the history of film and acting and the what is method acting how detailed should i be here pete uh, this is whatever method acting is reality acting instead of pretending that i'm experiencing something i as the actor am going to actually experience it so that the audience looks at me and says, oh, he's he's going through something right now. He's really going through something. He's not pretending. For a long time, up until, let's say, the late 1800s, actors had a style. And it was a presentational style. It's, um, I'm going to look, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorrow and, and all that despair. And, and I'm angry. And, and there were there were schools where you went and you learned that if you're angry, you're going to pump your fists and make a face like this. A man in uh, Russia, his name is Konstantin Stanislavski. He was uh, an actor and a director, and he was interested in a more naturalistic style. He came up with a system. It was the Stanislavski system. What he discovered is that he could use personal experience to create real behavior. So essentially we have three different kinds of memory. We have mental memory, uh, two plus two is four. We have physical memory, we remember how to ride a bike. And we have what's called affective memory, which is the umbrella term for sense memory and emotional memory. I remember what my my phone feels like. I, I, I know that the case feels a certain way and the the face of the phone feels a certain way and I remember the weight of it. Maybe it has a smell, maybe it doesn't. Eh, does it have a smell? Eh, no, not so much. So, uh, and I remember um, emotional memories. I remember great things like my nine-year-old birthday or I remember uh, when my dog died three years ago. I remember what that felt like. He discovered over a number of years that you can Tap into your sense memories in order to get the feeling, the reality that you want for your character. This whole approach came to the United States in uh, in the 20s. A group of actors and directors and writers, including Lee Strasberg, which I studied at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute in New York, and I taught there. He took the work of Stanislavski and continued it. That was with the group theater. And then uh, the group theater disbanded. And in the 40s and 50s, the actor studio became a big presence. And so the actor studio uh, was Marlon Brando, Marilyn Monroe, Paul Newman, uh, Geraldine Page, Kim Stanley, all of those great actors. Uh, There were other great teachers too, uh, Stella Adler and Sanford Meisner, uh, Uta Agen. And they all worked to create, they all worked to create an acting approach that focused on creating real behavior. When you talk about method acting, I don't know why this is coming to mind, but I'm thinking about Andy Kaufman, the documentary that they did on uh, Andy Kaufman with... uh, Jim Carrey in it. Uh, 
he had that one offshoot character where they couldn't figure out was he really method acting to be that person and they couldn't get him mentally he couldn't get out of that people always when method acting comes up we always talk about Heath Ledger doing his work uh, on The Joker, uh, Jim Carrey's work uh, in the Andy Kaufman movie, Man on the Moon. And uh, one of the most recent things was uh, Jared Leto in uh, Suicide Squad. He, he, he played all these jokes and pranks on, on uh, castmates. That sort of stuff, when, when an actor chooses to be in character when he or she is not on stage or in front of the camera when an actor is on set and in character when an actor is in character at home or on the ride home or on the ride to the set that's that's the character's choice that's an actor's choice rather that's not really a method thing we don't to teach turn that. it on and off. It's not healthy not to be able to snap out of it. <laughs> yeah, part of the method, part of Lee Strasberg's work, and and what I was taught, and what I teach is you can get it going within about three minutes, and you do get it going within about three minutes, and then you turn it off with within about a minute. And if you can't do that, then you have more studying to do. It, it's never have not once have I ever heard or read of Lee Strasberg advising an actor to stay in character beyond the performance. Uh, it isn't healthy. It isn't good for you. It's not good for your relationships. It's not good for your life. Uh, I don't think it's ever been proven that it is good for it, and it doesn't enhance a performance. The very basic thing I would say is don't do anything that is, is uh, harmful, that isn't healthy. Don't be an addict. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, that's, I mean, that's, you touch upon something that that's really an important point. And it's one of the first things that we talk about. If you are playing a heroin addict, you don't need to go out and do heroin. The whole idea is, is that this is an art uh, and part of your artistic ability, you're judged on how well you can create an imaginary reality. Lee Strasberg has a quote. If it's literal, where is the art of acting? So actors, a lot of times, uh, beginners will want to, if, if they're uh, drinking alcohol in a scene, uh, it's, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just have a beer. And, and that, well, no, I mean, no. <laughs> the, the point is, is that we're acting. I mean, it's, it's acting where a fiction is taking place. So no, you drink water or some sort of liquid and it has to look like you're drinking a beer. And it has to look like it has the effect of alcohol. If it really does, then you're not acting. You're just drinking a beer. That's good. I like that acting class. Let's do that <laughs> one at the Lantern. <laughs> That's well. That, see, the best part, you know, the best part of acting uh, is the cast party afterwards. I mean, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing a heroin act, what you do is you find. You have to do a little research, though. You, yes, you, uh, you have to find out what the physical effect is that heroin has on, on the human body. And maybe you go and you talk to heroin addicts and you observe behavior. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I were playing heroin, maybe I would 
find somebody who's on hair. I don't know. Uh, or yeah. at least find video of somebody so that I know what it looks like. And then I can look into my life and see, well, what has that similar effect on me? Does, does uh, pseudofedrin, if I take a pseudofed, does that have that sort of effect? I mean, because pseudofed makes you goofy. I don't know about you, but uh, it's always amazing. goofy. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask my partner, Scoo. <laughs> So, uh, so you find something that is parallel, you that that gives you a parallel uh, experience. What's your number one tip for kids? What's your number one tip for adults? Let's give them a little sample. So it's like, huh, I want more of this. Well, the, the, I think the very first thing is our focus is not on pretending. It's on actually experiencing what the character is experiencing. That's that's the beginning. It's not on how do I say the lines. It's on why do I say the lines. So the words mean nothing. The words mean absolutely nothing. And in, in, in Shakespeare, the, the lines are beautiful. It's poetry. But the dialogue is, is the tip of the iceberg. What is most important where the focus is and is what's going on with us as the character emotionally psychologically what effect we are trying to have on the other person in the scene what the thing that i saw from my kid from from doing this was it helped his study habits to remember this stuff i don't know if rote learning is good i don't know how the hell he did it i know that if i want to learn 18 songs that go on the stage. I just have to do it over and over and over. I don't know how else to do it. Uh, do you have any memorization tips? Well, I think that definitely helps. I think doing it over and over and over again definitely helps. If I have a lot of lines, um, I have little strategies that I that I use. I, I think that when you exercise your mind, uh, your memorization skills in that way, I think just like anything, you get better and better at it. So it, it'll uh, bleed over into, like for a kid, it'll bleed over into his or her study uh, habits uh, and his or her ability to to retain facts and figures. So when I have a lot of lines, I record myself saying them into my phone these days uh, into the voice memos, and I'll listen to it over and over again. I type it out. There's an app that I have where I... You can you you say it into the app. You say your the other person's lines into the app, and then uh, it re, it plays uh. it back for you. And then you you get your cue line. So that helps a lot because there's a big bridge between uh, knowing the line and knowing your cues. Time and then you time. add on top of it. Yeah, you add on top of it. You know, you have to know your blocking, and uh, it's it's a it's a really valuable mental exercise as far as all that goes yeah very valuable because again getting back to electronics kids are missing on facial cues you know and i think acting especially when they're younger that that can help get rid of some of this electronic fog that's that's out there that i hear about jeremy what's the best way for uh newbies that just moved into town to learn more about you i'm going to put a nice little slide here yeah gordoncenter.org and we have a page dedicated to Gorton Drama Studio. So it's gortoncenter.org. Uh, I'll put the slide in the URL here. Okay. Trisha, Trisha Sweet said, I got to hook up with you. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I love Trisha Sweet. 
How do you know uh, Trisha? Uh, should we give a shout out to Trisha Sweet, uh, Jeremy? Let's give a shout out to Trisha Sweet. She's my uh, well. We work in the same space in at Corton. My desk is just a stone's throw away, and oh, we chit chat the stuff <laughs> we talk about. So, oh, we won't. We, we won't cut that out. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, anything else you want me to uh, bring up, or anything you want to bring up? We're about 30 well, minutes just, or so, a little under 30. So I think that I'm going to, I'm just going to put this out by itself with your, with your heading. So people grab it. Okay. Well, I, I'm just really excited to be starting this program. I love acting. I think that it is a, an incredible form of self-expression. You make lifelong friends in your classes, in the productions that you are in. If you are an actor, I am focused on making this program a top-notch program, a place where people of any experience level can come and explore uh, his or her ideas to feel the exhilaration of performance, of creating characters, finding out uh, what this whole thing is about, this whole experience, this human condition, this mysterious beast. Well, Jeremy Cruz, thank you so much for coming on the Lake Forest Podcast. Thank you for having me. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Make a memory of a lifetime with Shark Eye Outdoors out of Longboat Key, Florida. Experience their shark beach fishing, kayak tours, and fossil hunting. Go to SharkGuyOutdoors.com to schedule an outing now. Forest Bluff Real Estate Group serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and Michelle Parnell get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealEstate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow, their cannabis cultivation center owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich. They focus on hard-to-find smog batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process, Iliad Epic Grow. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest Own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. Paul Hammond, candidate for Lake Forest Mayor, April 4th, 2023. He's a lifetime resident of Lake Forest, licensed professional engineer in Illinois, registered energy professional in Chicago, Purdue electrical engineering graduate, BSEE 1979, commodity trader for over 40 years. He's running on the issues of stopping the plastic grass in Lake Forest Parks. Because every 10 years, the plastic field needs to be replaced because of deterioration and wear. Email paul.hammond.pe at gmail.com. We'd also like to say that we're thankful for our patron supporters. Reverend Luke Beck from the Church of the Holy Spirit. Matt A., Elizabeth C., Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., Dan Rogers, and Mike Adelman. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Rod Stop in Kenosha, Captain Mike's Kenosha, Greentown Tavern in Waukegan, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.